When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, December 3rd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, it's Giving Tuesday, a global generosity movement focused on unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman outlines how to be safe in your charitable giving. Also, a special report on HIV challenges in the Delta. And the lottery hits Mississippi. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. December 3rd is Giving Tuesday. It began in 2012 as a simple idea, a day encouraging people to do good. Today, donations are made to charitable organizations worldwide in recognition of Giving Tuesday. We talk with Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman about how his office is helping Mississippians make smart smart contributions today and this holiday season. We give over $1.2 billion a year away to charities. And uh, in Mississippi, we consistently rank as the most giving state when you take it as a percentage of of what we earn. How do you account for that? Because we are one of, if not the poorest state in the country. Well, we're we're rich in giving. Uh, Our people care about each other. Uh, That's the difference between us and New York City or somewhere. We just take care of each other. It's one of the part of our culture. I think it's an awesome thing. Giving Tuesday is for charitable giving. How is the Secretary of State's office involved in charitable giving? Well, we actually have 4,838 charities registered with our office, and they're required to uh, file every year to keep up with their registration. And we, uh, when I started, um, I started a, a process where we actually audit charities. And we audit about 200 of them a year. Some charities, when you get uh, start making more than like $500,000 or something, they get an audited financial statement. So we usually will accept those and look at those. But charities under under that amount don't have an audited statement. And so we've, we audit about 200 of them a year to make sure that they're doing the right things. And I have... Um, I have withdrawn the charitable status, corporate status, for over 100 charities since I've been there. Why? 
because they they were not using the funds properly. Um, you know, you'd find that they were um, living out of the charity, and all the money was going. They had a board of directors of one person, and that person was living out of the charity and spending money. And these raise all across some bigger, some smaller charities, and we've had embezzlements in some charities, and just um, you know, ones here in Jackson, Meridian, others that we found. So um, mainly, the the main reason for withdrawing has been that we found that they were not uh, satisfying their charitable purpose. And they have great names, Gary, that uh, Friends of Motherhood of Vietnam War Veterans and just things that you would touch your heart. But in, realis- in reality, none of that money was going for, for that's a speculative group, but none of that money was going towards their charitable purpose, and I've shut them down. If someone gives to their church, they give to a civic organization they're involved with, but they want to give elsewhere where the need is, how mm-hmm. do they decide who? Well, I, I like local uh, myself, and I would encourage you to go local. I mean, there's you know, all kinds of charities, a uh, common table that serves people. You know, you've got your local Goodwills, American Red Cross, um, United Ways, all, all, all these local groups. And I would encourage you to do that. And we published what used to be a what you call the charity book, uh, Red Book, but it's now online. Every charity that we've got, I will show you how much they raised. On, my, on you go online and look at Secretary of State's office, sos.ms.gov, and it will tell you how much is spent on management, how much actually went towards a charitable purpose, and you can you can see the Better Bureau Business Bureau says they shouldn't be more than about thirty percent going to management. Most of it should go out to the charitable purpose, and so I've outlined for you which charities do that, and which ones don't. Um, I, I encourage everybody, particularly in this Christmas and Thanksgiving season, to to go go local, to go to your local groups and have uh, companies here that have in, nonprofits that are in, located in Mississippi. If someone calls calls you f- for a charitable donation, what are some red flags to watch out for? First of all, I have, we say this every year, but I don't know what people may not listen. Don't give them your credit card over the phone. Don't do that. Under any circumstances, you know, uh, you know, if they say their house is on fire and they've got to get their dogs out, I, whatever their excuse is, <laughs> don't give them your credit card over the phone, period, and or any other financial information like your bank account or something. Ask them to send you something in the mail, send you an email with this information on it so you can read it. So don't make a decision no, right then. No, please don't. And, and most of those are knee-jerk, and they sound so great. You know, they really tug at your heartstrings and everything. But there are people who really need your charitable dollars, and you ought to be spending it for those people. You know, we've got... Um, Oh, Catholic Charities co- covers um, child, child abuse problems or spousal abuse problems. I mean, you've got just reams of people who need canopy and uh, deals with autistic children. And you just got uh, many, many charities around Mississippi that would be very recipient of your dollars. What if occasionally people come to my door, and I'm sure other people in Mississippi, yeah. selling magazines that they yeah. say that will go towards, I don't know, children who yeah. are sick yeah. or other people yeah. who just come and say, I'm here representing veterans. Yeah. Is that illegal? No, it's not illegal to solicit uh, in Mississippi if you've registered. Uh, and, you know, there's certain dollar amounts, structure amounts, like 25000 or so you have to 
have to be registering more than uh, accumulating more than that. But we catch them sometimes doing that. A lot of these are, are sold by uh, yeah, local children in the neighborhood for their school or whatever band or something, and you'll you'll be able to analyze those. Anybody else that comes that you don't recognize and don't know and not selling Girl Scout cookies or something, uh, ask them to leave the material and you'll call them back. Just as clear as that, so I appreciate that. I don't, I don't have my checkbook with me, or my, my wife's not here, my husband's not here, or whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I just don't need to. I don't, uh, I, I don't want to make a commitment right now. And just think about it overnight. You can, you can still send them stuff the next day. The Secretary of State's website has a, a pretty comprehensive area on charities, and as you said, you can go and see. Uh, what charities registered and how much of the money you donate actually goes to the cause. What is the website? SOS.ms.gov, and then your charities. Uh, then you'll see a, a drop-down box that you can go to charities, and you'll have all 4,838 charities listed there. And and also, you know, what they do, where they're from, um, who their contact people are, uh, how much they spend on management, how much they spend on their charitable purpose. It's all outlined right there for you. Delbert Hoseman is the lieutenant governor-elect of Mississippi. Coming up, a special report on HIV challenges in the Delta. But first, let your friends and family know how important MPB is to Mississippi's communities and encourage them to give. Make a contribution online at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein, and for almost 50 years, Mississippi Public Broadcasting has been the state's only nonprofit statewide broadcasting network. Mississippi has always been our mission, and on today, Giving Tuesday, we want you to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org, click support, then share your favorite MPB moment with the hashtag GivingTuesday. Thanks for the support, and happy holidays. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Almost a year ago, President Trump pledged in his State of the Union address that his administration would eliminate the transmission of HIV by 2030. It's a goal that public health advocates have long sought. Almost 40 years into the epidemic, the medications work better and people with HIV are living longer. But as MPB's Alexandra Watts reports, there are particular challenges in places like the Mississippi Delta. We are here at the Greenville Mall in observance for World AIDS Day. The Greenville Mall was generous enough to allow us to hang a panel from the AIDS Memorial Quilts. This is the first time something like this has happened in the Delta and in the Greenville Mall, especially in an open place, open public place like it is here. Cedric Sturdivant stands in front of the colorful quilt hanging inside a storefront window. People have been walking by looking or either saying like, oh, that looks like my grandmama quilt or something like that in a nice way, asking what are we doing, what, what is it, what is this all about. And once we tell them, they have been receiving it pretty well. Sturdivant works here in Greenville now, but 14 years ago, he was living in Texas with his partner when they were both diagnosed with HIV. Because, you know, of shame, stigma, fear of rejection, neither one of us seek care. So by 2006, the HIV became AIDS. June of 2006, that's when my partner passed away. That's when I got real sick. And at this point, I had no choice but to seek treatment then. 
Once he got well enough, he moved back home to Mississippi. Today, he runs the Greenville Clinic of Aid Services Coalition, a nonprofit that provides testing and outreach. Greenville and the Mississippi Delta as a whole have higher rates of HIV and AIDS. Let's log on to AIDSview.org. That's AIDSview.org. It's an interactive website from Emory University that shows the number of AIDS and HIV cases in counties across the U.S. If you click on Mississippi, most of the counties in the northwest portion of the state are a dark red, almost maroon color. The darker the red, the more prevalent the cases of people living with HIV. According to the Mississippi Center for Justice, nationwide, 11 out of every 100,000 people are diagnosed with HIV, but in the Mississippi Delta, it's 18 per 100,000. African Americans account for 37 percent of Mississippi's population, but they represent 78 percent of HIV cases. Mark Fortis works for the Aaron E. Henry Community Health Services Center in Clarksdale. It's pretty much heavy here in the Delta. Plus, we're rural, so there's nowhere to get to a provider, lack of transportation, and we still got this stigma. Vorti says many misconceptions still exist in the Delta. I have had clients living now almost 30 years. We're still, oh, I can't touch them. Oh, I can't do this. They can't sit there. And it really hurts me when a client calls me and tell me that they labeled my. Utensils, my plate, my spoon, my fork, my 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 cup. That is very heartbreaking to me. Back at his clinic in Greenville, Cedric Sturdivant says loneliness can be an issue for many of the clients he sees. Newly diagnosed person, especially young ones, they mostly think that their life is over because, like I said, they're looking at one dimension of it. You know, who gonna want to be in a relationship with them? So loneliness, I think, is a big factor. I isolated once. I didn't want like just my family and everybody to know. That's Corey Burnside, who works at the clinic. He says now that he's open with his family, things are better. But not everybody's as lucky. You have some people who have not disclosed to family or friends. So、um, once they do get interacted with a support group, that's like their open time. That's like their sharing time to get us off their mind, things they've been holding in. Burnside's friend. Antrell Sharkey, who is also HIV positive, agrees. I think everybody needs a, a support system like that. A group of people you know you can't judge because we all have the same problem or the same diagnosis. Both Burnside and Sharkey say that until recently they didn't know about pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, a combination of antiviral drugs that can help protect people at risk from contracting HIV. I knew about condoms, but I was just taking chances on chances. I was young. I was just like didn't have a care in the world at the time. So, like, far as prep, I had never heard anything about it. Prep was just came out what two years ago, three years. Never heard of. Burnside and Sharkey are working to educate young people in the Delta about safe sex practices and prevention strategies, but they say it's hard when they can't easily talk to school groups. Back at the mall, Cedric Sturdivant says that attitudes are changing in the Delta. I don't think people would have allowed us to do this or hang this up 20 or 30 years ago. But he says there's still a lot that needs to be done. We want to be out front. You know, HIV is still present, and we want people to know and get the right information. The theme of this year's World AIDS Day was "Communities Make the Difference." Tomorrow, I'll have the story of what might be an unexpected community rallying around people with HIV and AIDS in the Mississippi Delta. Alexandra Watts, MPB News.
Coming up, the lottery hits Mississippi. And remember, let others know about your giving by posting on your favorite social media feeds with the hashtag GivingTuesday. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. After Black Friday and Cyber Monday, there is Giving Tuesday, a day to pause, reflect, and support the causes that you care about. I'm Elsa Chang from NPR, and Giving Tuesday is on December 3rd, right at the beginning of the biggest month of the year for charitable giving. Like many of the causes that you care about, this station is a nonprofit organization. So here's how to give. Please go now to mpbonline.org slash support. Happy Holidays from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The lottery has officially arrived in Mississippi. Scratch-off games are now available statewide with larger multi-state jackpot games soon to come. MPB's Kobe Vance speaks with president, the president of the Mississippi Lottery, Tom Shaheem, about the process and the excitement the new lottery is generating. We have been working towards this for almost six months. And what's that process been like? Well, it's been long. It's been uh, enduring. Uh, we had a thousand things to get in place, um, but it all fell in place really nice, and we've got a great startup. This is just the beginning. We're adding more games. Next month, we're going to add Powerball and Mega Millions. Sometime in the spring, we're going to add the Daily Pick 3 game, and uh, we're going to continue to grow this lottery for the first couple of years until it matures. Uh, other than that, like, uh, how do you want to see this affect Mississippi? This is wonderful for Mississippi, okay? Mississippi's been waiting for a lottery forever. They finally have their lottery, and I say congratulations to Mississippi. And uh, is there anything else you'd want to say for people uh, who might not know much about the lottery? Uh, just, be, just so they know it's going to be like every other lottery they've ever played in. We're going to have basically the same types of games. We want everybody to have fun, and we always want everybody to play responsibly. You don't need to buy a whole bunch of tickets to have fun. And uh, lastly, um, where can people find where they can buy lottery tickets? They can buy lottery tickets at over 1,200 locations across the state, convenience stores, tobacco shops, grocery stores, all kinds of businesses. And uh, where are the taxes for this going to be going? This is going for roads and bridges. The first $80 million that we raise and uh, transfer as revenue goes to roads and bridges, and after that, the money goes to education. Tom Shaheem is the president of the Mississippi Lottery. State House Representative Alice Clark is the longstanding advocate of lottery legislation. While the lottery program prioritizes roads and bridges over education, she still believes it's a huge success for Mississippi. Here she is with MPB's Kobe Vance. Unfortunately for me, we're not going to be doing as much about education as I would like to have done to start with. But I did tell the others who were were asking me about it. It does make sense to start on the roads and the bridges because we need to have safe roads and highways in order for our children to get to the schools, and that's where we are with that. What have been some of the hurdles that you've seen along the way trying to get this legislation passed? Well, there were people who quite often say that they were Christians and they didn't believe in doing this kind of thing. And then I asked them, if did they play bingo? 
at their churches. And most of them would say, yes. I said, well, please tell me the difference between playing bingo and playing the lottery. And I didn't have no good answers as to the difference between the two. So that those were the kind of things that there were just people who said it was against their religion to do that. What does this mean to you that we finally got that you finally got this legislation passed? Well, it just shows to me that working together works. Working together works because in order to get it done, I didn't do it by myself. We were working together to get it done because there were it. This particular bill that passed got the lottery was it became an amendment to a bill. If it had been in committee, I'm not sure it would have come out. But people were reluctant to vote against something on the floor that everybody will see that they didn't do what they needed for the roads and bridges. But that that's how it, how it came out, and I'm just so glad that it did. Alice Clark represents District 69 in the State House of Representatives. The Mississippi Council on Problem and Compulsive Gambling is taking active measures regarding the new lottery. Executive Director Betty Greer speaks to MPB's Michael Guidry about the services her organization offers. If anyone out there begins to feel that they are experiencing a problem with gambling, they are not perhaps able to control their gambling or they feel like they're spending too much money gambling, then, you know, my first thing for them to do would be to call our helpline where we have certified compulsive gambling counselors, and uh, they would, you know, be able to give them some advice and some help and and direction um, if, in fact, they are having a gambling problem. What role did the council have in this new lottery rollout? We were contacted by the people with the lottery uh, corporation and they uh, we had a meeting with them and they were uh, very interested of course in putting our number on all the tickets and uh, on the outside the establishments as well and uh, we've also agreed to keep them apprised of our helpline statistics to see if we see an uptick in calls on our helpline and uh, and specifically, if we see an uptick in calls regarding people who are, are expressing a problem with the lottery. So uh, I, I feel like in that respect that, you know, we, we're going to have uh, a very good partnership or working relationship uh, with them because they are very interested in providing assistance to anyone who would have a problem. So I think the thing that uh, makes this different from the casino gambling that we have is that it will be available in all counties and in various locations within the county. So the accessibility of it is much greater than just the accessibility of casino gambling. What signs or what symptoms can people either be on the lookout for themselves or, more importantly, a a loved one, um, if they suspect that they themselves or a loved one might be a compulsive gambler? What are some of the symptoms or signs? Well, obviously, if if you're having financial problems, that's usually the very first sign of a gambling problem. Uh, You're going to be, you may notice missing money, um, that sort of thing. You know, and again, if your, your bills are not being paid, and, you know, your loved one is in charge of that, but, you know, you get, you're getting past due notices, then obviously that's something you need to investigate and see what the, what the reason for that is. And 
uh, not always is it gambling, but a lot of times it is. So I think that changes in behavior, changes in mood. Obviously, if, if you see a, a stack of scratch-offs in the car, you know, that could be a, a, a giveaway that um, there could be a problem. I would just like to uh, end with leaving our uh, helpline number for your listeners. Sure. Uh, that number is one eight 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 seven seven seven. 9696. Betty Greer is the executive director of the Mississippi Council on Problem and Compulsive Gambling. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.